0: Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. This is a brand new day that we haven't seen before. And God, we give you praise on this morning. This is Prophetess Valerie Collins with Emmanuel Prophetic Ministry. And our scripture read will be coming from Psalm 30, verse 5. Psalm 30, verse 5. For his anger lasts only a moment but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Amen. Lord God, we thanking you, we praising you, Lord God, for letting us see a brand new day that we have not seen before, oh God. Father, we thank you for making death behave on last night, Lord God, and giving us a brand new day to just get it right with you, oh God. Father, let your children hear your word on this morning. May they apply it to their hearts, Lord God, and use it, Father God, to do your will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, I want to let you know, there's nothing permanent about what you are facing today. That problem will last for only a night, for only a season. But you must be ready to pray until you see your morning season. One of the most encouraging passages in the Bible is Psalm 30 verse 5. And again, the verse reads, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So no matter how long a problem may have gone on for, no matter how difficult and challenging the problem may appear to be, one thing is certain. One thing is certain from this verse. Your problems don't last forever. Whenever you are going through or whatever you are going through, it's only a temporary situation. There's nothing permanent about what you are facing today. That problem that you have will last only a night, only a season. Now, in our journey of life, we go through different seasons. Everyone, you know, at some point, you know, goes through a night season and a morning season. As we see from Psalm 30, verse 5, the night season is a period of weeping. You weep because you may be going through a time of loss. In the book of Job, Job said, my face is red with, with weeping. Dark shadows ring my eyes. Now, Job's night season was a particularly distressing time of his life. He virtually lost everything. He lost his children. He lost his, his house. He lost his servants. He lost his businesses, his health, And everything that meant something to him. If like Job, you are going through a night season because you have, you know, you have lost someone or something dear to you. You have lost blessings, maybe testimonies and opportunities. I prophesy in the name of Jesus to you that your morning season of joy begins today. Job lost so much, but the God of restoration brought him into a morning season. In Job 42.10, it tells us that after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. So as a new season dies in your life today, The God of restoration will give you twice as much as you have lost. He will give you double for all you have lost. He will give you double for all your troubles. Now, for David, his night season was a period in his life when people were asking him, where is your God? Perhaps that's a question, you know, some people may be asking you today. They know that you are a believer. They know that you pray, Um, whether you go to church regularly and, you know, and they know that you serve the Lord faithfully. So when challenges come your way to mark you, they ask questions like, where's your God? In their hearts, what they're saying is after, you know, oh, there are so many people who aren't as dedicated as you. And so many people who's not as dedicated as you are to God. Who don't even have, you know, do the things that you do for God. Yet they are married or they have children and they live in luxury. Why can't the God you claim to serve help you or change your situation? You know, if that is you or that is your story, all that ends today. As God brings you into the morning season of your life. Those that have been asking you where is your God will see the manifestation of God's faithfulness and goodness in your life. And we'll start to say, this is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Maybe you're like Hannah. And you have been, you know, weeping because you have been facing delay. For years, you have been praying. You have been waiting and believing God for a child. Maybe you're believing God for a spouse or a job or a new career. Maybe for a business. Are you believing God for your ministry to advance? And nothing seemed to have happened. During Hannah's night season, many times, you know, her husband had to ask her, you know, why she was weeping. He even asked her, you know, why don't you eat? Why are you so downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? But when her morning season came, her tears turned to, you know, tears of joy. As God bring you into the morning season of your life, every yoke and a stronghold of delay will be shattered in your life and you will be filled with tears of joy. Now, the morning season is a time of joy. Because it is a time God visits you. He turns things around for your good and wipes away your tears. God will wipe away your tears today. But you must be ready to pray until you see your morning season. Joy comes in the morning because God remembers you. See, God remembered Hannah. And she conceived and gave birth to a son. Her long awaited request became a testimony. When God remembered her, see Hannah saw her morning of joy because she didn't give up in the place of prayer. In, In 1 Samuel 1 and 7, you know, it says this went on year after year. Whenever Hannah, you know, went up to the house of the Lord Her rival always provoked at her, mocked at her, and ridiculed her. Now, the provocation didn't come when she cooked for her husband, when she slept with her husband, or went with her husband on even strolls. It was when she prayed that she came under attack. See, the devil was trying to weaken her strength and resolve to pray. He didn't want her to pray. Because anytime Hannah prayed, a testimony was being birthed in the spiritual realm. Every time Hannah prayed, Hannah was drawing closer and closer to her breakthrough. Her night season was giving way for her morning season. So, in order to hinder her breakthrough, see how the enemy worked? The enemy tried to weaken her prayer life. Although Hannah got discouraged, she never gave up in the place of prayer. She still continued to pray. Hannah prayed until her morning of joy came. Now, Mark chapter 10, verse 46, tells us of a man called Blind Bratimatus. He was a beggar and he was also blind. The day he cried out to Jesus to have mercy on him, so many people gathered around him. They tried to rebuke him, but they always rebuked him. The blind man was close to his long-awaited change. God was about to put a new song in his mouth. His warning of joy was about to come. Now, to keep him tied to the same spot, the enemy got people to rebuke him and tell him to be quiet. But this man refused to give up just before his breakthrough. The more he was hushed down, the more he shouted out to Jesus to have mercy on him. The blind man didn't stop crying out until he saw his morning of joy. Now, that's what we need. We need to have that kind of tenacity. We need to have that, that kind of determination determination and persistence in the place of prayer. So, check your prayer life today. Are you weak? Are you tired and don't feel like praying or haven't been praying at all? When the enemy sees you're at the verge of something big, a breakthrough is coming. And he sees that a breakthrough is coming your way. You know, he tries to discourage you in the place of prayer. It makes you believe that God is not hearing you. God is not going to come through for you. So that's why you don't pray and prevail. Don't fall for his trick. Don't give up when you, you know, when you are so close to a breakthrough. Rise and pray. Pray until your morning of joy comes. When you are at the urge of something good, when you are at that threshold of your breakthrough, you need to pray like you have never done before. Hannah prayed like she never done before. Before she prayed to the point that Eli, you know, the priest thought she was drunk. This certainly was no ordinary; it wasn't a usual or stereotype um prayer. In Hebrews twelve and two, we are told that Jesus for the we are told that Jesus for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning, you know, its shame and and sh- and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus saw the glory that will come after, you know, crucifixion. Jesus saw his morning joy. So what did Jesus do? Jesus endured the cross. He went through Gethsemane, you know, the place before the cross, the place of glory. Gethsemane is the point before you step into your morning of joy. It's the point where you have to pray like never before. Jesus prayed to the point, you know, that his sweat was like blood. This was no ordinary, usual, stereotypical prayer. Gethsemane is the point you realize that, you know, for the joy set before you, because of something big, God is bringing your way. Because of God's great plan and purpose for your life, you know you can't afford to sleep. Even everything, you know, if everyone else is sleeping, you have to put, pray yourself through it. It's the point where you become your biggest encourager, where you may not have you know have people supporting you. But you don't allow all that to distract you. You pray through it. Imagine how Jesus felt. You know the three times he came. And he met his disciples um, sleeping. After he had confided in them. That his soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. To the point of his death. If Jesus wasn't focused If Jesus didn't look above and beyond, you know, his night season of rejection, his night season of disappointment and betrayal, his night season of ridicule and false accusation, he wouldn't have been able to pray and pray through it. So we must look beyond what is happening in our lives today. Look beyond the night season of loss. Look beyond the the season of light or the season of delay and disappointments. And pray until your morning of joy comes. Joy comes in the morning because you cease from all your struggles. The morning season is such a beautiful season in one's life. This is why we must pray to see it and experience it. For Hannah, you know, it was a time she ceased from all her struggles. We know for years she had struggled to have just one child. But when her morning of joy came, what had been so, you know, difficult for her started happening with ease. With no difficulties. She didn't have no problem whatsoever. So the Lord, you know, the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Can you even imagine that? Imagine that she, you know, start having children without any struggle and free from delay. And that's how God wants to be in our lives. But we got to pray. We can't just give up because times are hard. It is the favor of God that takes you into a season where things start happening for you, you know, and happen for you with ease. So I pray that God's favor will rest on you, overshadow you and put an end to struggle in your life. Things that have been difficult for you, anything that has been difficult for you to do for years will start happening with ease. Because the Lord will surround you with favor as with a shield. Joy comes in the morning because God gives you victory. God gives you victory over your enemies. Hannah's heart was overflowing with joy. She prayed and she praised God, you know, for his goodness in in her life. She rejoiced that God had delivered her. And her mouth could boast over her enemies. During her night season, this woman saw all kinds of enemies. Enemies that tried to weaken her. Enemies tried to weaken her resolve just, you know, at the break of her breakthrough. Enemies that didn't want her to progress. Enemies that wanted her to remain on the same level year in and year out. Enemies within and enemies without. Seen and unseen enemies. But when her morning of joy came, God granted her victory over all these enemies. And that's the same thing. You, God sees your heart. He knows your heart. He knows that you give him praise. You honor him. He's going to favor you. In spite of your enemies. You don't worry about your enemies. God will fight for you. You just show him your true heart. And you pray and you keep pushing. Until something happens. The Lord also gave the Israelites victory. Over their enemies. When morning came. The king of Assyria. You know. Had been threatening and oppressing the Israelites. Then God sent his angel of deliverance who put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. By morning, the king of Assyria withdrew from the Israelites. See how God works. See how when trouble comes your way, God's going to fight for you. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if there's a gazillion things coming at you. He is going to fight. He's going to send his angel of deliverance to deliver you out of whatever you're going through. Vengeance is mine, thus says the Lord. So therefore, you don't have to fight your own battles. Your battle and your victory, it's already won. I prophesy into your life in accordance with the word of the Lord that every person, every force, And every power that has been tormenting and oppressing you, oppressing you and your family will withdraw from you as God brings you into your morning of joy, your morning of victory. So somebody needs to say, victory is mine. You need to claim it that victory is mine. In Judges chapter 20, chapter 6, verse 28. The people of Gideon's town and family woke up in the morning to discover that the altar of Baal had been demolished. Now, this was a major victory. This was a morning of joy. Evil altars, you know, speak against people's lives. The moment the devilish evil altar was destroyed, Gideon, who was a nobody, became somebody. He started to manifest as a mighty man of valor, doing this great exploits for God. Every evil altar, keeping you from manifesting the glory and power of God, will be destroyed. It will be destroyed by the fire of God, as God brings you into your morning season of joy. Evil and wicked requests are brought to, you know, evil altars. Requests like the kind of Balaam made, you know, concerning the people of Israel. Balaam, you know, he made a request to Balaam to place a curse on the Israelites. Balaam was ready to pay anything to see the Israelites become a people with a terrible curse. Hanging over their heads, but God frustrated this evil request and intention instead of them being cursed, they were blessed. I prophesy into your life on the authority of God's word that every evil altar where they have been, you know, made against you or concerning you and your, your family will be demolished by the power of God as God, you know, brings you into a new season of your life, as God brings you into your morning of joy. Not only, you know, will the evil ought to be demolished to tiny pieces, God will reverse every evil request made about you made about your family. Instead of you being cursed, you will be ritually blessed. Instead of you going down, you will rise high and soar like an eagle for God. Instead of you being sick, you will be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet and walk in divine health in the name of Jesus. So no divination An enchantment against your life and your family will work in the mighty name of Jesus. No misfortunes or misery will come upon you or your family in Jesus' mighty name. Joy comes in the morning because God honors you. Hannah, see she testified that God had lifted her horn. She was, you know, she was simply she was simply say God had taken away, you know, her reproach and brought honor to her. The Lord shall keep shame far away from you and bring honor to you. See, when the devil sees that God is about to honor and lift up a person, you know, he will try all kinds of things. That's why we should never allow the enemy in. In any kind of way if you give you know you know if you give him um the enemy or, or the devil an inch you know he's going to try to take a mile we should always pray and shine him away don't entertain him prayer is a you know it's a problem for a lot of people But it's a very important spiritual tool. It's a very important, powerful spiritual tool. And if it's not a problem, then why is it that there are so few people who take prayer seriously? If it's not a problem for us, then why do we, you know, we find it so hard to set aside time every day to spend with God in prayer. If we took prayer seriously, then, you know, we wouldn't hesitate to be persistent and consistent in the time we spend in conversation with God. If we really believe in the power of prayer, if we really believe that prayer can make a difference regarding affairs, you know, of this world, if we truly are convinced that prayer changes things. Changes us, heals broken lives, and restores, you know, severed relationships, then we will be praying constantly. You couldn't keep us from praying. But the problem that most of us have with prayer is one that, you know, Jesus addresses in Luke 18. We just simply lose heart. We must pray and not give up. I remember a time where I only prayed over my food and sometimes before I went to bed at night. And I may just wake up and say, thank you, Jesus, if I said that. In 2013, I remember having to call 911 for um, my month's old daughter. My daughter literally stopped, you know, breathing, passing away in my arms I don't know where the words came from, but I pleaded with God in prayer. I pleaded in prayer with God to save my baby. From the time of my nine one one call until we reached Carolina Carolina Pines, there was no responses coming from my child. Even when pressure points was pressed and IVs were being inserted, not one response from her. I continued to plead with God like, God, please, please save my daughter. Please save my child. I may have never prayed before, but the words was there and it was coming and it was flowing. Because my child's life was on the on, on the line. But God worked a miracle. The minute she was rolled into the ER, it was like nothing even happened. Nothing was found wrong. All her test results was positive. Nothing at all. Everyone was baffled. You know, if it wasn't for the ambulance crew, you know, who witnessed what I saw, with her just blanked out, spaced out, foaming from the mouth, they would have thought I was faking it or making it all up. But God. My baby left. The ER that left the hospital with not one bandage, with not one prescription, with no medication, with no nothing. So don't tell me the power of prayer doesn't work. That's why we should never wait until something drastic happens to pray. Again, we often don't pray because we simply lose heart. Or you don't see a change. Or you don't see God moving. So you just don't pray at all. Like okay if I pray. Hey. Ain't nothing happen. If I don't pray. Ain't nothing happen. But see that's how the enemy will make you feel. Like ain't nothing happen. God is working that thing out. He's getting things lined up in the spiritual realm. To come down to bless you. As I said earlier. If we really believe that God hears and answers our prayer, if we are convinced that God changes things or that prayer changes things, heal broken lives and restore relationships, then we will be hammering on God's door. We'll be constantly, you know, asking and seeking and knocking and waiting. Even when it seems like there is no hope. We consistently and persistently keep on going to God, even though we sometimes become discouraged. We must stay in prayer because we stand in the need of something that we cannot supply for ourselves. The Bible records some of, you know, some of the prayers of people who have gone to God with seamlessly hopeless situations. In the book of Psalms, David comes to God time and time again, saying, God, help me. How long, oh Lord, before you will do something about my enemies? And Hannah, she was, you know, who was desperately, she desperately wanted a child. Year after year, she prayed and prayed. She was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. If we really believe that God answers our prayer, then we will never give up. No matter how hopeless the situation may seem or how long it might seem that God has failed to hear our pleas. That's what, you know, that's what Jesus is getting at. Keep on praying. Everything in your life must, you know, must Seem to be in utter chaos and a total mess. It might seem that God isn't even listening. But never stop praying. Keep on praying. Push. It is important we be persistent. Persistence is important in so many areas of our lives. Just like athletes. Athletes win only after persistent training. Students achieve only after persisting in studies. Marriages last only because couples have persistently worked at it. Stable families last. You know, their lives are maintained because parents and children work at their family relationships. Prayers are answered. And events are changed because believers persist in prayer. Anything that's worthwhile, you know, that, that anything worthwhile comes because someone has stuck at it. It is a law of life. It is always too soon to quit. And a lot of you, your breakthroughs are right there. I mean, when I say right there, I mean a hairline fracture is right there. And we miss it because we stop praying. We miss it because we stop just digging in with God. I remember a picture that was on Facebook or Instagram or something years ago where it was just man digging for gold he was just, he had this axe and he was just digging for gold or digging for diamonds or something like that and he he was like only two hacks away from the diamonds and he, he was sweating hot and tired and it's like man forget it that's how we are we are so close like it's right there so persistence is essential in a person's life too many of us never know how prayer um, uh, uh, too many of us never know prayer, a spiritual force simply because we quit too soon. Perhaps some of you, you know, have got some family problems. Perhaps some of you have got marriage problems. Maybe, um, uh, you have trouble with your children or even with your health or your finances. What are you going to do? What you going to do about it? Maybe you say things seems almost hopeless. You feel like things have been bad for so long and, you know, you're just used to it. I I don't even need a change because, I mean, I'm used to being broke or I'm used to my kids um, doing all kind of crazy stuff. or I'm used to my job making me do this and do that. So, oh, well, I'm going to tell you, don't give up praying. Don't just settle. You got to Push. Keep pushing until something happens. Keep praying until something happens. Keep believing until something happens. You don't have to settle. You're God's child. You don't have to just settle for anything. You deserve the best of the best. You just keep praying and you pray and you pray and you pray again. Even if you're counting your prayers and you've reached your 99th prayer and it seems like nothing happens, then say, okay, God, I'm going to pray one more time. (laughs) Maybe something's going to happen on that 100th prayer. So you're looking like, I didn't pray so many times. Ain't nothing changed. So what am I going to pray again? Guess what? That breakthrough is going to be on that 100th prayer. Then something finally happens. So don't give up. Just keep praying. Your breakthrough is right there. And in my closing. Why does God sometimes not answer our prayers immediately? I don't have the answer. I don't know. I don't know all the reasons. But Jesus knows what God knows what we need. And I suspect many times it has to do with the fact that we don't need what we're praying for nearly as much as we need a relationship with God. And that's what prayer is all about prioritize your life prioritize what is important go down the right order by using your number one source and that is God and everything else will fall in place when you take care of God's business he'll take care of yours you gotta have that crazy faith like that developing a relationship with God Maybe you need, you know, what you're praying for, and you'll get it somewhere. You'll get it somewhere down the line. But what you really need is to talk with God for a long, long time. And that's not going to happen until you push, until you pray, until something happens. Prayer work prayer changes things thank you so much amen in the name of jesus i honor you O oh god and that is god's message for god's people amen